those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is the gospel for this first Sunday after Epiphany, also the baptism of our Lord from Matthew chapter 3. You heard it read before. Then Jesus came from Galilee to be baptized by John at the Jordan. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, because it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John let him. After Jesus was baptized, he immediately went up out of the water. Suddenly the heavens were opened for him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and landing on him. And a voice out of the heavens said, This is my Son, whom I love. I am well pleased with him. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who became sin for us, he who knew no sin, so that we might receive the righteousness of God through him, my beloved. At the very young age of 30 years, Jesus began his holy ministry on earth. He began it by being baptized by his cousin John in the Jordan River. We have a picture illustrating that event in the narthex. I don't know if you see it every Sunday. John and his camel skins baptizing his cousin. The facts of Holy Scripture are rather short in detail but so very magnificent. St. Matthew tells us, as water was applied to Jesus, the heavens burst open. The Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. God the Father's voice thundered from heaven, this is my Son whom I love. I am well pleased with him. Those are the facts. But what is the meaning? It means so very explicitly that at Jesus' baptism, the Holy Trinity comes to serve you. Where more clearly, in all of Holy Scripture, do you find the Holy Trinity revealed visibly and audibly? There he is, can't you see him, water dripping from his head? Before he was even born, an angel announced to him, therefore the holy child developing inside you will be called the Son of God. And now there he is, the Son of God, standing alongside of sinners, being baptized, he who needs no baptism. It's kind of interesting if you take a look at the Gospel of St. Luke. Right after Jesus' baptism, as it is uh, given the description there, St. Luke goes into a ge genealogy of Jesus in 78 generations. Jesus, so people thought, was the son of Joseph. And then uh, you go up the genealogy, son of Eli, Joseph was, and it ends up with son of Enos, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. 
Before Jesus was born, he was announced to be the Son of God. By the, uh, his genealogy in Holy Scripture, he is the Son of God. First temptation, which takes place in Holy Scripture right after Jesus' baptism. The devil comes to Jesus and says, If you are the Son of God. And so it was that the Son of God was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. He comes to serve us, to do something that we could not do, to live perfectly according to God's holy will and then to credit our account with his righteousness. And so it was then at his crucifixion where he also died for us that centurion soldier looks up and says, surely this must have been the Son of God. He died for you to serve you. 2 Corinthians, God had Christ who was sinless take our sin so that we might receive God's approval through him. At his baptism, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, comes willingly to serve you. And then the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven in the form of a dove Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit just as Isaiah had prophesied hundreds of years before. It's kind of interesting how that Holy Spirit as a dove hovering over the water certainly reminds us of the Holy Spirit at creation, how he hovered over the waters. Maybe perhaps it also reminds you of the dove that Noah sent out from the ark, that symbol of peace. The creation, the recreation of the earth after the flood. And now the Holy Spirit hovers over the, the waters of the Jordan River for the new creation. Jesus come to die for you so that you might be his new creation. And then the Father coming to serve you. This is my beloved Son his one and only, whom I love. Maybe God the Father was referring back to the Old Testament when he gave Abraham the direction for his only son, Isaac. Take your son, the one whom you love, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Perhaps God the Father was also reiterating Isaiah 42 that the Holy Spirit would be sent on his Son, the chosen one who he loves. At his baptism, God the Father says, this is my Son whom I love, and I'm ready to sacrifice him for you, and no one is going to rescue him from death. And three years later, once again on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father speaks the very same words, This is my Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. God the Father ready to sacrifice his Son so that one day that Son could say to his Father, Into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus' baptism. The Father comes down to serve you by giving you his son. At Jesus' baptism, the Holy Trinity comes to serve you. At your baptism, the Holy Trinity comes 
to serve you. Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce them. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity comes to you to serve you. I remember way back when I was a little kid, I don't know, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and um, sometimes I would travel in the car with my great-grandmother for one of the baptisms of the cousins, or maybe it was even my brothers. And she said, well, didn't you like the christening? And at that time, I didn't want to get into an argument and tell, great, well, Grandma, uh, it's not a christening, it's a baptism. But the more that I thought about it, it is a christening. You're not just giving a little baby its name. You're baptizing it into Jesus Christ. Quite a few years ago, one of my congregations, my wife and I would host a costume party in the parsonage. One time my wife didn't like it, but I dressed up so that nobody knew who I was. And she thought she was going to have to entertain by herself the whole evening until I took off my disguise. We are baptized into Christ, clothed with him. You see, after your baptism, God the Father doesn't look down at you as seeing you a sinner anymore. He sees you covered up with Jesus Christ. You look just like little Jesuses walking around. And believe me, at your baptism, you were baptized with water and the Spirit and with fire. Titus says, he saved us, but not because of anything we had done to gain his approval. Instead, because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing in which the Holy Spirit gives us new birth and renewal. God poured out a generous amount of the Spirit on us through Jesus Christ. And then St. Paul says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Water and the Spirit and fire. Jesus, a baptism. The appearance of the Holy Trinity comes to serve you. The Son of God comes to offer himself as your substitute. The Holy Spirit comes to anoint the Son of God. And the Father thunders his voice, this is my Son whom I love. At your baptism, God the Son gives you his holiness. God the Father declares you his child, and the Spirit rests on you forever. What does this mean? What does baptism mean? Luther answers that. It means that our old Adam, with his evil deeds and desires, should be drowned by daily contrition and repentance and die. And that day by day a new man should arise as from the dead to live in the presence of God in righteousness and purity now and forever. And God grant that to us all in Jesus' name. Amen.